Welcome to this episode of the Senior Care Growth Show. My name is Winston. I am super excited today to be joined by Nate O'Keefe. Nate is the CEO and co-founder of Rubric, a decision support platform for senior living communities. Nate, welcome to the Senior Care Growth Show. Thank you very much for the uh, invitation to be here, Winston. We're uh, super excited about what you guys are doing on the, uh, the program and, and uh, glad to be able to, to share our perspective. Are you curious about how you could improve your website, marketing, or sales activities to increase revenue for your organization? As a special thank you for listening to the show, we're offering Senior Care Growth Show listeners an exclusive strategy call free of charge. To set up a time to get specific, actionable advice, visit www.seniorcaregrowth.com connect. We're looking forward to helping you grow. So, Nate, just by way of introduction, maybe you could tell our listeners uh, who you are, what it is that you do, uh, what is Rubric? Yeah, yeah. So, again, my name is I'm Nate O'Keefe. I'm co-founder and CEO of Rubric. Um, you know, very simply, Rubric is a an online assessment platform that helps older adults and their families make difficult care decisions, particularly around that decision to get extra help, either at home or, of course, by moving to a senior living community. Uh, you know, we want to make it as, as easy as possible for these folks to make the right decision for them at the right time, and then to be able to act on that decision uh, as easily as possible. And, you know, so what that translates to for our senior living partners is uh, we want to help you reach families that are struggling with these decisions and empower them to move forward when, when they're ready. Um, and just to give you a sense of how, how our partners interact with it, they'll, they'll use rubric on their websites and email and paid search, uh, other digital marketing programs, social to, uh, Engage folks, again, who are still in that anonymous browsing mode, people that are on your site, but they're not moving forward often because they're not sure of that timing or need. And so uh, our focus is on catching them in those moments, helping them self-inform, and then take those next steps with you, and particularly uh, connecting with your sales team, sharing a lot more information about what you know about your situation, um, just in terms of the numbers, Nearly half the folks that we engage end up opting to share their results, essentially becoming these uh, very motivated, self-qualifying opt-in leads. Um, from a practical perspective, that usually ends up being about 20 to 40% more opt-in leads than you're, than you're getting from your contact form alone. So it's a, it's a program that some, some of our partners kind of started out seeing as, well, this is a digital add-on. But when, when they've used it for a couple of months, they actually begin to identify us more as a a new alternate lead source because when people come through our program and end up in your CRM or end up in an email to your sales team, they're fully qualified leads that are sharing a lot more information about their situation. So we're kind of in this world between uh, new lead source and uh, digital engagement strategy. That's been been a fun place to work, and and we've learned a lot from the partners we've been working with so far. Yeah, well, I was super excited to have you on the show just because I really uh, I do think that uh, there is a way to help um, folks who are making this difficult decision and trying to figure out what's right for them. There's a way to be super, super helpful and also be helpful for your community or for the business and generate the right leads and the right results that you want. Um, and so I think that this is an interesting kind of intersection of those two things, a place where you can be very helpful, but it can also help drive business uh, results. Um, to that note too, you know, rubric really does help in this research process. How have you seen, uh, 
the way that people research options, the way that they're making these decisions, how has that changed um, over the past few years? Uh, it, it's it's a good question. You know, we we see the same shift that has occurred in other industries finally starting to happen here, and that is. I want to do 90% of my research online so that when I talk to someone, I'm informed about what I need and I know a lot about my options, how they work, what they cost. You know, nobody shows up at the car dealership today and says, just show me what you got, cars. Tell me about these things. It's, yeah. you know, they come in understanding what they need from a vehicle. They've thought about, okay, well, I've got kids. I need to be able to do this, this, and this, or I use this vehicle for my job, so it needs to do these things. They understand what the cost range should be, what options might be available either across different vehicle types or even option packages available in that vehicle. They are uh, empowered consumers. And, and this, I think, is a great thing for the senior living industry. The more folks understand about, um, for us, it's really a focus on their needs, but their needs and their options um, the, the more that they dispel some of the preconceptions or misconceptions about senior care, uh, the better prepared they'll be to make a lasting choice. We talk a lot about helping people find the right fit. And I, and I think our partners feel the same way that um, they want to find people that are the right fit, too. It's, it's, uh, it's one thing to you know, meet your occupancy goals uh, in general, but if you can get people in the door that are there for the right reasons because they've thought about this. They've thought about what you offer. Um, we see that as a much more compelling long-term value proposition. The challenge, uh, and this challenge is also unique to senior care, is that um, this is not a decision that simply means looking at a bunch of different products and picking the ones you like. I mean, we all have seen sites with a grid of building photos. And, um, you know, one of the things I think we've been uniquely successful in is this is one of the most complex and emotionally challenging decisions that most of us will make in our lives. And the internet as it exists today, websites, apps, et cetera, are, are not tuned to help with these sorts of issues. Um, one analogy that we, we kind of tend to draw, and, and it's, I think it works to a certain extent, but I like it anyway. Uh, you've got a dripping faucet in your kitchen sink. Um, if all I've noticed is a you know consumer at my house is a dripping faucet and I go to your website and it tells me that I need to replace all of the plumbing in my house, that I need to do what seems to be what might be the most extreme kind of solution. I'm going to say, well, hold on. What if it's just a, you know, a 50 cent gasket? Um, I think the best senior care websites will, will approach it differently. They'll say, let's make it our jobs to help people figure out this tricky challenge. If all they need is that 50 cent gasket, Let's be the heroes that tell them that. We can maybe say, here's some gaskets that are the right fit for you. Um, if they do need to have all the plumbing replaced or they do need to make a more significant life change and say, yeah, I think we do need to make a move. Uh, remember that this, for some people, is going to be shocking news to hear or to kind of finally reach that realization that it may take them a while to reach the same conclusion and, and be there to help them along the way. Uh, and that's a... There's not a template for that right now in the, in the internet world. There are some folks that do it well, and a lot of that's captured in tone and voice uh, and just community culture, but um, it's not like you can, you can do that out of the box. Uh, and that's one of the things that inspired us to, to take the approach that we have. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it is a real commitment on the part of the organization to, to embrace that kind of helpful nature and to not 
be always selling and and trying to move people in. I mean, it for me, it's a long term approach. And I think that we've seen this in senior care and also other industries that have really committed to this kind of helpful nature. I um, a quick aside, I was at REI yesterday. I was looking for a new jacket mm-hmm. as it's starting to get a little bit cooler in fall season. Um, and I told the person I had a Patagonia jacket that was starting to pill and they said, yeah. Why don't you just send it back to Patagonia? They'll probably fix it up for you. You don't need to buy a new jacket. And this is the REI sales guy telling me, you don't need a new jacket right now. Like just, you can fix the one you got. I thought that was amazing. And, you know, they do a great job with content and being helpful and everything. And I think that that mentality is not something that's innate in someone who's responsible for driving revenue and filling the beds and having, you know, high occupancy. It's just not, it's a little counterintuitive, but it is the right play in the long run. And we will sometimes make the, uh, and I think that REI story is an excellent example, but it kind of harkens back to the classic miracle on 34th street where we don't have, you know, what you need today at Kimball's, but Macy's down the street has it. Yeah. And, and I think that's, um, I, I think that's the kind of thing that generates trust in a brand. It generates authenticity and it, and it, um, especially if you're in a, an area where you, maybe you didn't need the jacket today, but maybe you were going to buy one in six months. The first yep. place you're likely to go back to now is, is, uh, is REI knowing that they're going to steer you down the right path. They're not going to try right. and upsell you something that's not going to be the right fit for you if you can solve that elsewhere. So again, not rocket science, but I think it's a hard thing to, to live and breathe every day. And it's a hard thing to uh, carry for all the way kind of upstream to your online presence where you might feel like you don't have a lot of control over who's coming to your site and how they're acting. And I think what we've demonstrated is there's, there are more, there are ways to get more control than, than you think. Yep. And you mentioned this, that, you know, there are some communities that are doing this well, mainly with kind of tone and with voice. Um, uh, you know, to, to me, that's kind of like the surface level it, that they see kind of that nice, friendly messaging and we're here to help type stuff. But do you feel like senior care organizations right now are doing enough to kind of support this new way that people are researching? Uh, I, I want to be clear on this for all of our partners and virtually everyone we've met in the industry, the folks on the front lines absolutely live and breathe these behaviors all yep. day. Every day, they take them home at night. They're thinking about the people they've had interactions with because they're developing those authentic and meaningful relationships. Um, when a family is sitting across from them, they are perfect. They are helpers first and salespeople second. And if their lead, their help leads to a sale, that's great. But so, you know, you'd be amazed, or maybe not, but by how many people we talk to that say the best choice for that family and ultimately for the community is what we were just talking about to find the right fit for them. Um, again, what's tricky is to take that philosophy and extend it up to where older adults and families are starting their research. If they're spending the first 90% of their buying process online anonymously and not in front of your sales team, how can you help them with that part of the process? And that's where solutions like what we built at Rubrik come in to take that same trusted voice, make it available on your website 24 seven. So someone can have a personalized, positive, empathetic interaction with your brand and get a lot more informed. It, we find it, it's often that nudge that says, okay, yeah, I think I am ready to talk to someone. They just needed something that said it was okay to do this, that they're not crazy to be thinking about these options. That nudge that then puts that person in front of your, your sales team that can do that live where it's going to be, it's most authentic and most reflective of uh, the, the, how you can actually benefit that family. 
Yeah. And I think, you know, when I was thinking about this topic and how do you shift the website to be more helpful and empathetic and make help people make the right decision? You know, I started to think through options because rubric is certainly an option. It's a solution to this challenge. Other things you could do uh, like um, eBooks or guides or webinars or helpful content. I think the thing that you just mentioned that's different though, is that this is personalized. Um, an eBook is, is just an eBook and it's a, it's a guide and it could be helpful, yeah. but it's not specific advice tailored to that that person's, um, mm -hmm. unique set of circumstances, uh, to tell me a little bit more about how, you know, something like rubric works to, to be that personalized solution, because I think this is sort of new for folks, uh, who, who are not familiar. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that, that really kind of harkens back to our founding story when we and our, me and my co-founder were dealing with care issues actually at the opposite ends of the age spectrum. I, I had a, 26 week preemie at the time. So super early, he's doing great today, but, but, um, I was going through that experience. My co-founder was, uh, helping with the, as the primary caregiver for her mother and her in-laws. And our shared experience was how hard it is to become informed online when you're in one of these sort of crisis states. And I think we all do this thing now where we go to Google following either an observation that concerns us or a diagnosis or, a, you know, some sort of other crisis trigger. And, We'll, we'll spend hours on that platform uh, looking for information um, that is uh, feels accurate, that feels relevant, uh, and feels personalized. And as the person, as someone myself who had a a digital product background, when I was in those moments of crisis myself, I found the whole process of becoming informed online really frustrating. You really have to become an expert at online research. And yep. Uh, are the kernel of the rubric philosophy was, well, hey, what if a platform asked you a few questions about your situation? Couldn't it then bring back a much more curated set of, you know, tools and information and resources? And then what if we took that a step further and structured it around an informed decision making process using some of what medical decision science has determined are really are ways that people think about these complex issues. And so essentially is what if what if kind of consumer health or care information was a personalized so you can see yourself in it and be action oriented. So it wasn't just, you know, here's what you're dealing with. Good luck, but here's what you're dealing with. Here's how you can talk with your family about it. Here's how you can talk with a care provider. Here's some more research you can do with experts in this area. Um, Cause I, I think, you know, a lot of us are used to reading, uh, disease monograph on a WebMD or on a, another information site. And it's just really hard to see what feels like a really unique situation that you're going through in that kind of static information. That's not to say that having that information on your websites isn't absolutely key. I think that's a big part of it. But I think you'll, you, what you'll find is that there are more people who are more willing to engage in something directly that is personalized than you might think uh, if you give them the opportunity to do that. Um, and if it's done in a way that really does uh, pr promote their best interests first, that it can be anonymous, that it's unbiased, that it builds that trust. Um, and that's, that's the gap. Again, we've tried to make it easier to accelerate that without trying to figure all that, you know, decision science piece out for yourselves. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And then, you know, that, that is a lot of, uh, kind of smarts that you can add to a website pretty quickly, uh, with this decision guiding platform. Uh, what kind of results have you seen? You mentioned that people are, are more willing to give up that information than you might think. Um, what, what results have you seen from folks who have implemented something like yeah, this? Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously we're, we're, we're biased on this one. Um, our, but our partners do see some pretty compelling numbers from the platform, kind of from a hard numbers perspective. One of the um, one of the pieces of data that's been very consistent across providers, whether they have, you know, five communities or fifty communities, is they'll start to see twenty to forty percent more online leads the day they go live with Rubrik. And so this kind of immediately wow. validates that there is an audience out there that's on your site today that is not moving forward because. Okay, for a variety of reasons, but we tend to think of it as uncertainty or inertia where um, they're noticing changes, they know they need to do something, but they just need that nudge that says it's okay to take that next step, something that might validate their own beliefs and in some ways reduce guilt. I mean, if you if you have if you have something on the site that says, yeah, I think um, based on what you said, a moderate level of care would be appropriate and uh, meeting that need in, in an assisted living environment would also be beneficial that can reduce guilt that you've kind of autonomously said, yeah, we need to put mom in a, in a home um, right. because you've got something that feels and is validated behind that is to, to do that. So that, that almost immediately, you know, rubric almost immediately exposes that audiences and gives it, gives them something that lets them move forward. Um, we find, you know, one of the interesting things about the platform is, you know, there are 23 questions that somebody that's going through it is answering and then opting in to share those results. So you get some really fascinating kind of demographic and dispositional data. Um, we found that the audiences will typically comprise both older adults and families. So we, we, we consider that to on average be 20% kind of prospects themselves are a lot more willing than our partners tend to think to go through something that says, is it time to get help? Because I think there's this kind of preconception or misconception that people don't want to think about their own care needs when they're looking for themselves for an independent living option. Um, we've had IL-focused partners that have put this in the channel and found 30 to 40% of their responses are people that are willing to do that self-assessment and willing to share those results with them. And then the other kind of... 80, 60%, depending on who the partner is, will be that more kind of expected typical adult child. And it's, uh, they're usually looking for mom or dad. Uh, you will see some spouse responses come through. Uh, one of the neat things is kind of going through the data, the aggregate data report after the first month and seeing, well, how does this confirm what you thought about your audience and what in here is different? Because it's really mm, kind of an illuminating yeah. process. Um, one of the other pieces that has been really instructive to us and our partners has been um, the last question in the assessment is kind of in your gut, what do you think is the right choice? It's meant to sort of free up the respondent to say, well, I, it's not just about the person I'm concerned about. It's about what's best for all of us. And, and um, 80% of the time, 80% plus of the time, folks will answer that question. It's senior living. And what that has told us is that by the time somebody has come to your website and they're researching, they know this is, is going to be the best choice or a, a top choice for them, a priority choice for them to consider. But often it, it really is just, they just need that nudge that allows them to take that next step with their expectations managed about what's going to happen when 
I pick up the phone and talk to talk to someone. Are they what are they going to ask me? What what's that? Are they going to be too salesy? Or are they going to be? Um, and we think most of them will be pleasantly surprised when they find that kind of empathetic tone continuing in those live conversations. Um, yeah. Yeah. From a softer perspective, they'll start to hear kind of their prospects echo back some empathetic language to them. You know, this really helped build my trust. Thanks for helping me think through this. This is what convinced me to take that next step. And again, these are the philosophies all of our partners already have. It just allows them to echo that or reflect that or be their best selves, even in places where they don't typically have that core competency around digital engagement. Yeah, I think that's that's really a, a good solution. I mean, and and you said it best. It is the the folks on the front line already live and breathe these uh, this mentality. They 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 want to be helpful and empathetic. And I think if you get someone to that point where they're interacting with someone in the community, they're likely going to do the right thing and and you know guide them to the right decision. It's just that on the website, you do go from here we are, take a tour, you know, or like talk to somebody. And maybe yeah. somebody's just not to that point yet. I think this is a good way to engage those earlier stage leads who are just kind of researching and maybe not quite sure that they're ready to talk to somebody. Um, and then, you know, my next thought is uh, somebody fills out uh, the or goes through the questionnaire. They get the study. Um, wouldn't it be great to follow up with them with additional resources and kind of nurture them as they're as they're, you know, getting yep, to that point yep. of decision? And, and that's we, we like to think of it as um, and this is intended to be very person centric, too, is uh, we kind of describe it as helping people get into their rights to swim lanes. And if um, if they still want to remain, remain anonymous, then that is completely OK. And, and yep. you know, we one of the things with one of the experience we always hated as consumers is when you go through an engaging experience you and you're held hostage for your results, that can really quickly create a negative impression. Like, why do you, you haven't earned my, the right to ask for my contact information yet or my email address. Um, and I'll share that when I'm ready. And when you, when you built enough, enough trust for me to do that. So if you want to remain anonymous and, and a lot of folks in this phase of the decision still do, and, and those people will, will get an email in their inbox with your you know, name on it and with this report. Um, so they've had a positive touch and it's something that's sitting with them that um, when they're ready to kind of re-engage, again, Miracle on 34th Street, hopefully you'll be back at the top of that list. The second swim lane is, yeah, I, I'm, I, I like to use the phone and I wanna to talk to someone, I just needed to get to the right point, I'm ready to talk. And those are the folks that when they, when they say yes, definitely, or maybe, they fill out the contact form and they're opting in. They're saying, I'm ready to share my results and all my information with this partner. It's a much more deliberately qualified lead now because they're, again, uh, we didn't want to do any smoke or mirrors, smoke and mirrors around or trickery around. Well, yes, you're secretly opting in to share this, even though it was in the fine print. We want to be very deliberate that the people that are coming through to our partners as sales qualified and sharing that information know what to expect too so that when they get on the phone together there's not a why are you calling me again um which is always an awkward experience and then the middle swim lane is i think i'm ready to start consuming some more kind of information or nurturing from this this partner or this brand um so i'll get my email address but i don't want to talk to anybody yet and as a consumer myself those are kind of the three mindsets I, i'm in and the more platforms or websites acknowledge that and have a easy place for me to land just the better I feel about it and the more I trust it. And so we've tried to, to echo that here. Um, and I think the nice thing is we haven't had to do a lot of convincing, convincing of our partners. So many of them 
have that same philosophy, uh, it can just be hard to kind of take that and again find what is the what are the what's the UX and UI and language that um, uh, makes that a reality or makes that easier to do. Yeah, yeah, I think that makes total sense. Um, so Nate, you brought up a lot of good points here, and I think that bridging the gap uh, for those leads who are not quite ready to come in and take a tour, quite ready to talk to somebody, but giving them the helpful guidance, personalized guidance, all of that is, for me, just spot on. I think it makes a ton of sense as as people are shifting to um, doing the research on their own. And like you said, they're not coming to the car dealer saying, what cars do you have available? They're coming to the car dealer saying, I want this car. <laughs> They've already done all the research. They know exactly what they want. So, uh, you know, as communities are trying to, to, to change and to, and to do this stuff a little bit better, what are some of the things that you would recommend that they do? What kind of, you know, low hanging yeah. fruit should they tackle first? What, what, what would be your to-do list for folks who are listening saying like, yep, I want to get there. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's, um, there's not just one answer and it's not just a series of tactics that you can flip on necessarily. I mean, again, fortunately yeah. work in an industry that is so mission driven. And so most folks from the you know, maintenance team, to the executive level to everyone, uh, you know, puts, puts families first. Um, however, if your organization does have cultural gaps and folks aren't living that every day, it can be really hard to fix it with digital band-aids, uh, uh, or any any band-aid i think if there are if um you know that foundational work perhaps you've recently had a merger or you've there's been some other change that has um left a cultural gap there i think again it's hard to just build on top of that with a framework of programs that um that that makes makes fixes everything i think um because if Ultimately, it is going to depend on the interaction that somebody has when they walk in or when they talk to you on the phone. And if there's a gap between an experience they have on the website and the experience they have in person, um, you know, one can sort of make up for the other, but consistency is really where that trust is earned. And so, uh, again, I think it's all, all of our, you know, everyone's always working on, even if their culture is top notch, they recognize that it's something that requires kind of constant maintenance. Um, if those cultural building blocks are sound, um, then I think it's, it's a couple of things. It's finding the voice in your marketing that reflects that. Um, and some of that may be echoing what you hear from peer company that you like the way they talk about it, but then finding the, your unique, your unique angle and then offering the digital tools and programs that support that. I would say some of our most successful partners have, have some traits in common, um, this one is not universal, but we find that having centralized management of online leads can both ease burden for community level sales teams and allow you to really develop a core competency around the unique skills required to work with and nurture online leads, whether they come from rubric or other sources. So yep. there may be someone in your organization that's always online, kind of has the, they grew, maybe they grew up online, loves to communicate in writing. Uh, responds super fast and um, knows enough about your brand and your profile to, to represent you across the board. Consider, you know, routing all of your online leads to that champion or series of people that can triage them and then send them out to the community level when it's time to say, okay, well, it looks like you're specifically interested in, in this area. Let me connect you with the expert there. But I've, cause I, I think it, it is a, um, it, it's not a completely unique skill set, but I think there are some dispositional change challenges um, that might not be impacted by, oh my gosh, three people just walked in the door, so I can't respond to those leads until tomorrow. Um, 
that, and that kind of brings me to the next, which is the cliche of speed to lead, but it really does matter. I mean, it doesn't mean you make yeah. the phone ring in eight seconds necessarily, but it means sending out a personalized response with an empathetic tone. If you can do it in under an hour, that's, that's great. People will notice. They say, wow, you got back to me really fast. Um, and I think it sort of plants the seed that if you're an organization that responds quickly and deliberately when I have a question at this level, you're also going to help my mom and my dad when, when they need help in a similar time frame. Yeah. Um, just a couple of final thoughts on that. It's using the right tools. Of course, we believe everybody can benefit from tools like rubric, rubric but uh, adding live chat can be really good for certain audiences that are at that point where they do want to schedule something or get a piece of information. Um, I think we, a lot of our partners are, and, and this is not completely unique, but I think doing it, it's important. That's bringing personal stories from residents to the forefront and uh, whether yeah. that's video or, or uh, other, other narrative forms. Uh, and, and I think letting them talk about um, maybe some of the, the reluctance they had in making that initial decision. I think helping people overcome objections uh, often is understanding that a lot of the people that are, are happy or that this was a successful choice for had the same reservations you have. So maybe not being afraid to talk about um, some of the challenges, not trying to sugarcoat all aspects of it. I think that authenticity resonates and builds trust. And um, some of that's just getting the camera crew out with you know someone from your community and then a resident and filming an hour conversation and looking for those those tidbits that that can be helpful. And so I think there's there's a lot that can be done uh, with with what's out there today and with what's already internally happening in your environment. It's just, um, bringing it to the surface at the right, in the right way. Yeah. I, I love that response. You've got, you know, so many good tidbits of, uh, information and advice there, but I think that starting with culture is so important. And I, I thought, you know, your point around, uh, the difference between website and in person experiences where so many organizations do have disconnects on one side or the other and starting with the culture, firming that up and making sure that that message is consistent across the entire organization, I think is really the the way to go on building that foundation and then putting the tools in place to support. So man, all really, really good advice, Nate. I, and, uh, I can't tell you how much I appreciate having you on the show. Um, and, uh, you know, would love to have, to have you back sometime. Yeah. You know, I appreciate the feedback. And I think coming from, from folks like yourself that uh, have spent a lot of time working hands-on with, with partners in this world and elsewhere to solve these problems. But we're, we're not going to be the ones that are going to, you know, we can't figure out your website. We can't figure out your content strategy. Um, it, having um, partners in the agency world and, uh, you know, the other technology partner world that um, support the same philosophies are so critical to us. And so it's great when, um, you know, what, what you all are doing is, is uh, I think, an important voice and, um and we, we need folks like you to, to make our stuff work. And, and so appreciate, again, the opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks again, Nate. Uh, you've been listening to the Senior Care Growth Show. My name is Winston. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, check us out on our next episode of the Senior Care Growth Show, where senior care sales and marketing professionals come to grow. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot.